there, everyone. Welcome to the voice of my beloved podcast, Brayden and Tally Waller. We are here um, today. We have a lot to uh, to talk about today. We're going to go on in our Song of Songs study here. Uh, we're in the middle of the praise of the bridegroom, and uh, it's an awesome portion of the song. And before that, we'll just talk a little bit about what's going on here in Missouri on our little campus in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Missouri. It's If there was a time that I've been thankful to be in the middle of nowhere, it's right about now. You don't I, normally like that. I don't like <laughs> the middle of nowhere usually. I've actually been, I've complained about it before, like, why? Why did God put us here? But right now, I'm enjoying it. It's nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, but still trying to stay connected to the world out there too, and trying to find the balance of that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got some, uh, events coming up. Hanukkah starts here soon within the next couple of days here. We're going to be starting up Hanukkah and then we've got a group of people coming in for Hanukkah week, worship week, uh, which is exciting uh, spending the whole week in in worship and um, just really praising and seeking God. Um, then after that, we go right into Hebrew class, and we're going to have a month of Hebrew class, and that's going to be a really good thing for us. We've gotten a little bit rusty, haven't been to Israel in a couple years, and haven't done Hebrew class in a couple years. So we're going to be brushing up on our on our language skills here. So that'll be exciting. And then... I just wanted to mention our Guys and Girls Discipleship uh, courses that are going to be coming up in the late winter, early spring. We've got the girls are going to be, generally speaking, the month of February. And the guys are going to be, I think we're doing a couple weeks in March. Yeah, two and a half weeks for the guys in March. Two and a half weeks Mm -hmm. for the guys, yeah. And a really exciting thing that's going to be during the guys' discipleship is Joel Salatin's going to be coming out for two, doing a two-day seminar. And we're getting very excited about that. He's for those who don't know, Joel Salatin is one of the primary voices out there for regenerative farming. So yeah. that's, you know, farming that is good for the land, generational. It's, yeah, he's he's on the cutting edge when it comes to that yeah. type of farming. And mm-hmm. uh, he wants to inc- come and encourage families mm-hmm. and communities to do this type of farming and showing you how you can do it and actually make a profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And strong believer too. Yeah. Which so is really encouraging. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah he, he sees uh, faith and agriculture and all of that all tied together, which is something that we as well uh, are really excited about. So, um, so yeah, he, so he's going to be coming out and that's going to be during the guy's discipleship there in March. So, uh, yeah, so ho- hopefully we'll be getting registration and websites out here soon uh, for those things. But that's just a uh, save the date kind of announcement. And let me think, what else? Anything else to talk about? I think, uh, I think that's about, about it. We're going to be going into um, our study here. Um, yeah, just, I, just as a thing, you know, there's just so much going on in the world uh, today. And I just really want to encourage you all to rise to the season of, of where we are, embrace it. You know, um, it's, I think we're, uh, our family is right now reading through the heavenly man. And if any of you have not read the book, you have to go and, and read that book. It's an excellent story of a Chinese brother, um, and his journey 
uh, life wasn't easy. <laughs> However, he, uh, he endured a lot of suffering, but at the same time he saw amazing miracles. And so, um, so anyways, it's, uh, you know, as we see, uh, things shifting and changing in the world, um, you know, the, that deception that the enemy has out, it's like, what, what is real and what is not, you know, it's, it's a very, uh, strange time that we live in right now. And so, uh, the, the answer to that is we just got to keep on pressing in, keep on seeking him and each step of the way, uh, embrace the journey and know that he's on it with us, you know? So. Yeah, on that note, I can remember back to the spring, you know, there's all this information, a lot of it is conflicting. And so yeah. I, I think it's such a key time for us as the body to be grounded in the word. And yeah. that's the enduring foundation that we have to build on. And yeah. that's never going to change. And so we can, you know, bank on it, we can build on that with confidence. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the times what we are founded in, like what we're, what where our foundation is, is the thing that we kind of meditate on or the most and spend the most time like investing in, you know? And so, you know, America's in a really scary place because most Americans spend most of their time meditating and looking at garbage mm -hmm. <laughs> and really things that, man, in today's world, uh, if your foundation is on, you know, normal life, the safety and comfort and luxury of American, the American dream, that, that might shatter. And, you know, that, uh, we don't want to go down with that. So anyways, uh, we want to make sure our foundation is strong, that we're embracing the journey. And that's what the Song of Songs is all about, is, um, the journey, you know, that, that, uh, it's not, uh, it's not something we can, you know, know what the next step is or how the story is going to look or, you know, know that it's all going to be what we expected or that it's all fun and, you know, peachy keen. But, um, but we know that he has written the story and that he's with us as we go on this journey. And so that's the thing that we can trust in. I know so. the end of the story. Right? Yeah. I come up from the wilderness leaning yeah, on my beloved. beloved. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's I the love, hope. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, on with the Song of Songs. So here we are. We're in chapter 5, verse 14. It says, His body is carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. So this word body is actually the Hebrew word mei, and it literally means belly, but we also actually see it translated as heart in a few passages of the scriptures as well. Here in Isaiah 63, verse 15, it says, Where are your zeal and your strength, the yearning of your heart and your mercies toward me? So this word heart is may I there, uh, this gut, you know, your, the yearnings of your gut, the yearnings of your inmost feelings, you could say. And then again, here in Jeremiah 31, 20 says, therefore, my heart yearns for him, or uh, you could translate it also. Therefore, my, my belly, my inmost feelings are yearning for him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is, uh, interesting, you know, that they, uh, this, that this, uh, word can be translated as heart, actually, you know, a place of emotion. We talk about a gut feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And so this Hebrew word may I, uh, is the word the bride uses here, his, his body, his may I, his belly is carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. And so one, we know ivory is a rare thing. It's a beautiful thing. And, uh, his belly is carved ivory. I think of just, you know, sculpted 
you know, it's, it's, um, it's beautiful. His, his belly is beautiful. His emotions, uh, his gut feelings, his heart desire for the bride is, is a very beautiful thing. It's like carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. Uh, sapphires are blue. You know, it's speaking of, uh, blue oftentimes in the scripture speaks of heaven. So this heavenly beauty, mm-hmm. uh, and inlaid, as we mentioned before, anytime it's talking about inlaid, there's a purposefulness, there's a, a real uh, divine nature. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, uh, the body carved with like ivory inlaid with sapphires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the Hebrew way of describing emotions and stuff. Like I love how they talk about, you know, the flared nose and the, you know, the belly of emotions, you yeah. know, it's someone a, angry has a flared nose. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the literal inter- interpretation. Right. 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 They, yeah. And they speak in that a lot you don't see it as much in the English, you know, cause they just kind of translate it to, he was angry or something like right. that. But, um, his but nostrils it, flared is the literal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just love the, just the depth of the language in that way, just how, um, you know, it's like, cause I, I think of the love sickness that we talked about earlier in this, um, in the song of songs and that's an emotional thing is being lovesick. And for me, when that love sickness was, um, butterflies in my belly, <laughs> you know, right. like that was that kind of like, we almost were like, felt sick, you know, like that kind of a, a thing, just cause that's where the emotions really, really hit, you know, is, um, is in your, your gut. When you your feel belly. something really deeply. Yeah. Yeah. You feel something really deeply. It's neat. Uh, I also wanted to say we have, um, when it's saying carved ivory, we actually have this ivory vase on our, um, piano and it is beautiful the way that you can carve into ivory there's like a bunch of different shades of color and it's just a very beautiful you can really do a lot of detail in the in mm. the ivory and stuff so it made me think of that just how beautiful that is and to be inlaid with sapphires this is just like a very delicate beautiful um um you know, it's very thought out, you know, intricate kind of a, a thing. And so just uh, thinking of the emotions of the bridegroom. Yeah. yeah. So going on to verse 15, it says his legs are pillars of marble. And so legs, uh, we know are, you know, what get us places, right? So you could say, you could interpret that as his way of life. Yeah, his legs are pillars of marble and uh, marble being upright. It's strong. You know, think of marble pillars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his, his walk the way that he walks is sturdy. It's steadfast. Mm-hmm. It says these legs of marble are set on bases of fine gold. And so gold, as we see throughout scripture, is a it's a divine thing. Mm-hmm. And so he is established on this divine uh, base. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on, his countenance or his appearance, it could be translated, is like Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. So... Throughout the song, there's actually a pretty strong correlation with the the temple, and we see that reference. Lebanon. Yeah, Lebanon. Lebanon yeah, Lebanon being uh, you know the cedars of Lebanon being used to make the temple, mm-hmm. and here we have this reference that his countenance is like Lebanon, and so uh, we also even see Yeshua himself referring to himself uh, as being the temple. When John two nineteen it says Yeshua answered and said to them, "Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up." And you know he was misunderstood thinking that it was the literal temple, but he was speaking of his body. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the Song of Songs, there is a, a really strong uh, interpretation that you can you can study on your own if you like, uh, but that there's this connection to the, a really strong connection to the temple. Mm-hmm. 
and of being the place of closeness to God, right? This is what the whole song is, is speaking of closeness to God. And so his countenance is like Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. Hmm. Going on to verse 16, his mouth is most sweet. And so at the beginning of the whole song of songs, he says, uh, let him kiss me. She says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And so throughout the song, there's a distinguishing between the lips and the mouth. The lips are speaking of the word. They have a, they're symbolic of his words, whereas the mouth is symbolic of his kisses, of, of intimacy. And so when it says his mouth is most sweet, it's speaking of the intimacy of the kisses now that she spoke of in the beginning. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. His mouth is most sweet. And here she's, she's climaxing toward the end of her praise. And this is, you know, earlier she did mention the lips. And so she's not being redundant here. She's, you know, she mentioned his lips, but now she's talking about his mouth, the kisses of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the most sweet thing to her. And so I think that's a, a, a wonderful picture of the, the sweetness that we have. And it, it does, it's, it's, I know it sounds like an ideal, you know, it, it's such an, that song of songs puts forth a lot of ideal, yeah, right? You know, right. of just longing for that place of closeness to him. But I believe it is within our reach to cultivate. It's something that we cultivate in our lives, uh, something that, you know, we want to walk with God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Mm-hmm. And so the scripture puts forth a lot of ideals, right? And uh, I believe it's so important that we we aim for that and that we aim as as the bride, as the the people of God, that we seek to uh, develop that desire for mm-hmm. the kisses of his mouth, speaking of that intimacy with him, that that closeness to him, mm-hmm. that uh, we we approach him in prayer and we say, oh, I want to be close to you. David says, nearness to God is good for me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that that's the, the symbolism here. And I just want to reiterate that. We're not speaking literally of kissing the lips of Jesus, right? <laughs> we're, we're speaking, this is all, this whole song is a symbol, symbolism that helps us to put a human, um, it helps our minds grasp the depth of his devotion and of his passion for his people. Right. And so, you know, the, the kisses of his mouth are when he speaks his word to our hearts and, you know, we just feel kissed by him, right? We feel right. that like, oh, that divine kiss. Oh, wow, he loves me. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that's that's the kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just want to clarify that because, you know, sometimes people can get confused. Like, are they really talking about kissing him? You know, right. <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's that, you know, in Psalm 2, it talks about, um, kiss the son, lest he be angry. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this concept of kisses of worship. You know, when we worship God, we're offering him the kisses. We're offering him the affection. Kisses is synonymous with affection. And so when we offer him our affections, it's our kisses. And then he kisses us back, right, with his word. He's, oh, I love you. You are a treasure to me. And that's a kiss from heaven. That's a kiss from God. Mm-hmm. And so the bride here, she says, his mouth is most sweet. This is such a sweet thing to me when he speaks those kisses into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also thinking of the rest of the praises here are kind of observations of the bride. Um, you know, like anyone could kind of observe these kinds of things, like his, um, you know, his legs. And, and it's an interesting ways of describing <laughs> a lot of these things, uh, his legs and, and stuff like that. Um, but this, when it gets to this point, this is something that 
is intimate because it's saying his mouth is most sweet. This is something that has to do with his relationship to her. It's not just some, an observation of him. This is like, this is the point that it's building up to is that like his, you know, that his mouth is most sweet. There's no way to know that his mouth is most sweet outside of, you know, there being a relationship there. Right. And so it's not just an ob- observation, you know, of what it looks like, but it's an, it's a an experience. It's a testimony of a relationship of mm-hmm. a, a depth of a relationship. And so, and this is the, you know, the climax of, this is where she's overwhelmingly gushing, you know, about, right. about him. So she carries on. She says, yes, he is altogether lovely. And I think of that worship song. It was you know, such a, I think most everybody knows it, you know, altogether worthy, altogether lovely. All right, I get those mixed up, but something along those lines, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, but here, that song is just a, it's taken right out of this. Uh, you know, he's altogether lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Hebrew, it's, it's, uh, it uses the word kulo, all of him. So you could translate it, all of him is lovely. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically she's given this whole description of who he is and then she sums it up and says the sum total of who he is is lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. I've talked about his head, his hair, his belly, his feet, his right. legs, all these <laughs> things and all of it together. Like you take the whole package and it's just lovely. Right, There's, right. There, it's all together lovely. Right. So, uh, and this is the beauty of God is that his emotions flow forth in a whole way. It's he, his justice and mercy, his kindness, his compassion, his, uh, judgment on wickedness, all these things are perfectly packaged mm-hmm. and he administers perfect justice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Going on. She says, this is my beloved and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And we see Yeshua himself talking about this to his disciples as no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. And so this is what the bride says that this is my beloved. And this is my friend. We're friends too. You mm-hmm. know? I think yeah. of that idea of, you know, a couple, you know, people couple saying, uh, well, I know that my spouse loves me, but I'm not sure if they like me. I think there was a poll done on that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, a lot of them said, yeah, they were sure that their spouse loved them, but they weren't really sure if they liked them. <laughs> Somehow there's a nuance of difference in that. But I, I just, I see that here. He, he's my beloved. He loves me. He's also my friend. He likes me. He likes just to hang out with me, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. I think even spiritually speaking, you know, people talk about, you know, that he said, you have somebody, does God love you? And people would say, well, yeah, I mean, that's just a no-brainer, right? For God so loved the world. That's right, the right. passage everybody knows that he gave his only begotten son. Right. Uh, but if you ask somebody, does God like you? Right. And people would say, ah, they're not quite sure about that. Yeah, For some I reason. I he's happy with me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But here the bride, she's sure of both, right? He, mm-hmm. he loves me. He, I, I know that uh, this is. You know, this is my beloved and he's also my friend. He, right. actually, he likes me too. Right. <laughs> right. That's good. Yeah, I'm also just thinking, uh, remembering where the bride is at at this point. She's in a pretty distressed spot when she goes into this song. And I'm just thinking of this statement, yes, he is altogether lovely. And just thinking um, even, uh, you know, thinking of Brother Yun, you know, and all the trials that he went through and still coming to that conclusion, you know, like even in the midst of that. And I think that that's where we kind of find the strength to keep going on is, um, you know, if you can declare he is altogether lovely, even, 
in your time of distress. So Yeah. So she's answering the daughters of Jerusalem. So she says, this is my beloved. This is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. She's mm-hmm. answering their question. Mm-hmm. And now we get into chapter six, which is really fascinating because, you know, first the daughters of Jerusalem are saying, who is your beloved, right? Or yeah. what is what your is, beloved? What's so special about him? What, and so her praise has gotten them to the point where they're like, well, wow, if he's that magnificent, where has he gone so we can seek him with you? That's what, that's what chapter six opens up with. Yeah. And so I believe it's a, there's a picture there for us. When we live lives of total wholeheartedness for the bridegroom, when we praise him, when we, even in the hard times, we praise him, we love him, mm-hmm. then it speaks something it profound. Testifies yeah. of the goodness of yeah. a bridegroom. Right? Yeah, it testifies. And then all of a sudden people are going, they're going from the question of what is he to mm-hmm. where is he? Yeah, I want to go too. Yeah, it's, it's a really powerful <laughs> tool of witnessing really uh-huh. you know to to you know spark that next question it's like the next level question where is he mm-hmm. so they ask where has your beloved gone o fairest among women where has your beloved turned aside that we may seek him with you so uh, yeah amazing and that they ask that we may seek him with you that speaks of seeking the bridegroom together you know uh, mm-hmm. there is a place to seek him personally you know, to on our own to seek him. But then there's this place that the daughters of Jerusalem, they are saying, we want to seek him with you. Let's seek him together. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really powerful thing. I think it's something that we should really press into right now in this time in history is seeking the bridegroom together corporately. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be what Yeshua returns for, mm-hmm. right? The spirit and the bride are going to be crying, come. And this is the people that Yeshua is going to return for. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the middle of the crisis, the bride has given these people who are wanting to learn from her, right? So that's a profound thing too. You know, you think that this would be something that she could just grapple with on her own, right? And this is where Mm -hmm. I think our tendency would be just to grapple with our pains and all the, you know, disgruntledness that we experience. Like we just want to isolate in a corner. But God says, here, I'm just send all these daughters of Jerusalem to like ask you, quiz you on like what you're going through. Right. And, and, and so that's amazing. You know, sometimes by helping others, by helping others and actually speaking forth uh-huh. the truth, we actually end up helping ourselves. Right. And that's right. what we see. Yeah. And I see that also. Well, I just keep thinking of Brother Young too, yeah. because, uh, because he did that. Like he was in prison, like horror. If you've, it's an intense book if you haven't read it. Um, but he's getting beaten, tortured. I mean, mocked, abused, uh, horrible. And he goes back to um, the cell and he's praising God, you know, and that's what testifies. I mean, there was like revival in the prison, like right. everyone's getting saved because of that, because he can go back and say, yeah, God's allowing this really rough thing. And, and all the prisoners saw it, you know, like, man, what is wrong with this guy that he is? But he, you know, that's how he testified to those other people. And it was like, oh, I want what he has, you know, right. like he's still loves his God, even though he's, he's going through all this stuff. So, and then they, they turn, they want to believe as well. Right. Verse two, my beloved has gone to his garden. The bride answers the daughters of Jerusalem. My beloved has gone to his garden, to the beds of spices, to feed his flock in the gardens and to gather lilies. So here we see Yeshua, the good shepherd. He's, he's feeding, he's feeding the flock in the gardens and uh, the people are growing. You know, we, we think of uh, gardens as a place where the fruit is growing. And uh, the bride is, is sure of that, that he's gone to feed his flock in the gardens and to gather lilies. 
So here the bride is a great inspiration to us to stand. You know, Yeshua told the disciples, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. So basically what James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It's yeah. such a <laughs> challenge to do. But uh, here because the bride was able to praise in the middle of the crisis, then she's able to be a witness for the bridegroom. And many are are amazed by that. I think of Psalm 40. You know, many will see it in fear. This guy's in a miry pit. Yeah, he, God's going to lift him up from this broken spot. And the psalmist says, he will put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many will see it in fear. Yeah. And so this is the bride right here. She's She's got that new song in her mouth. She's praising. And many are going to see that. And they're, they're going to seek the bridegroom with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. This is Braden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. 